Welcome to the Grab the Map podcast, where we don't just look at it, we grab the map. I continue to hope that you're loving this podcast. I love doing this podcast. The times that I have to just brain dump and to connect with you as a real estate investor who's getting started or just taking a few moments to do some professional development in your brain around your mindset and to learn new strategies and what other folks are doing in the business. I love this time to connect with you. If you ever want to connect deeper, if you ever uh, feel like you might need some coaching or just somebody to bounce something off of, I answer every single email that goes to grabthemap at gmail.com. Look, I want to tell you today how to make the bank not say no ever. Oh, that's a catchy title, isn't it? It got you to click on this podcast. How to make the bank never say no. You know, when I was first getting started, I was terrified of the banks. It it might have started because of my upbringing. It might have been because uh, my dad didn't borrow a whole lot of money and, and in the community that, that I live in um, and that I work in, um, it can be a little intimidating to approach a bank. Um, when you don't have a whole lot of people that are used to dealing with banks, banks just seem like they don't lend money. It just seems like, you know, the people who can get the money are the people who are already wealthy. And, you know, I, I never got to go in the part of the bank where they give you something to drink or they offer you a a, a fun doodad to put in your car or you know, charge your cell phone. I've I've never been in the part of the bank where they say, hey, I'm glad to see you. And they shake your hand and they smile. You know, I'm in the part of the bank where I'm having to explain why I need a fee, you know, reversed because, you know, it was just a hard week at work. I mean, I'm I'm in the part of the bank where, you know, it's just trying to get the, the, the paycheck cashed. I never was in a in the place where I could say when I went into the bank, they would give me money. And today I'm going to tell you the secret to make sure that when you walk into the bank, they don't say no. Well, no, I'm not going to tell you that this is easy. This is a process. Um, and the funny part about it is that it doesn't work 100% of the time. But I can tell you that most of the time you'll walk into three banks and one of them will say yes to what you need. The first thing you need to know before you go into a bank is you need to have a very solid education about what the business plan is for what you're asking for for the money. See, I invest in rental real estate. And so when I go into a bank, I'm usually asking for them to lend money on a property. And I'm usually asking for the property to be collateral for a period of time while I'm going to collect the rent and pay back the bank with the rent. So I'm usually going in to the bank, not asking for money to buy a new truck or asking for money to buy a a new car or asking for money to buy a new fancy boat or, you know, all those luxury things that we like so much. I'm usually going into the bank to ask for it to buy something that's going to generate cash flow. And that's number one. The number one thing you can do to have the bank never say no is to present them with a business plan that results in cash flow. What do I mean by cash flow? I mean that you present them with a business plan where they see that the thing that you're going to buy with the money you ask for 
is going to generate more money than it's going to cost you to buy. Give us a practical example, John, on the Grab the Map podcast. Sure, I'll give you a practical example. If I want to buy a house, and that house is going to cost me $50,000. You know, you can do that in some markets, and I invest in Mississippi. And all across Mississippi, you can buy properties for $50,000 or less. Um, That's pretty amazing. Well, guess what? If I'm going to buy this property for $50,000, I need to make sure that when I calculate the expenses on this property, which include the debt service to the bank, the taxes owed to the state and local government, the uh, insurance owed for keeping and making sure that property is, is insured, the maintenance and capital reserves that you're going to need to keep that property in good condition. After all of those expenses are considered, I'm going to need to be making money on the rent that's collected on that property. Now, here's the secret. The more money you're making on that property after all those expenses, the less likely the bank is going to tell you no. Why? Because they know that the more money that you're making off of that property, the more likely you're going to be able to pay the loan back with interest. And that's what the secret to the banks is. They want to lend you money. They need to lend you money. They have to lend you money in order for them to make money. They just want to lend the money on a deal that's going to cash flow. So if you're having trouble getting the bank's money, you need to look at your deal and you need to make sure that you're not asking for more money than would allow the deal to cash flow. How does this happen? Well, this happens because right now the market in 2019, uh, late 2019, it's October, is so hot that people are going out there and they're spending more for properties than they should. And so when you calculate the debt service and the insurance and the property taxes and the capital reserves and the maintenance, those properties are not cash flowing. But they take them to the bank and they want the bank to finance them, hoping that the property values will go up and they'll eventually make a lot of money. They're going about it the wrong way. What they should be doing is taking the bank a property that they're buying significantly under the value and that after all of the expenses that we've mentioned a couple of times already is cash flowing very well. So that's number one. Make sure that the asset you're asking the bank to help you purchase is going to make you money. Next, you actually need to have um, you actually need to have a great property. But what do I mean by that? Well, there, there are lots of properties that, you know, are just great properties, right? To cash flow. I mean, sometimes you could get property in Mississippi for five grand or 10 grand, and you can get a renter paying 500 bucks a month in that property, but the property is just not a very appealing place. And the type of tenant that's going to live in that property is, is going to be a lot more difficult to manage. Banks don't like those types of properties. I mean, we've all seen those types of properties and people, good people live in them. So I don't want to list them or characterize or generalize what type of properties they may be. But just imagine the type of property that I'm talking about. And imagine what it would be like for the owner of that property to take it to a bank and say, hey, I need a loan on this property. Well, 
if it cash flows good enough, nine times out of 10, they may give you a loan. But one of the things that the bank is going to look at is the quality of the asset. And what would happen if they took it back? What would happen if they had to manage that tenant? Yeah, maybe John Crutchfield is great dealing with tenants who are going to pay their rent only when you come collect it at the door or they're going to keep the property trashy and never take out their trash or never clean out their front yard or never do anything nice outside the property to treat it like home. Yeah, maybe John Crutchfield does great with those people and he creates all kind of cash flow out of those properties. But the bank is looking at that property and they're thinking, I don't want to do that if John Crutchfield dies or if John Crutchfield just stops managing the asset and we have to take this property back. So to make the bank never say no, bring them quality properties. And that means that you are going to have to invest in the property. That means that you're going to have to renovate the property or keep it fixed up in a way that is appealing to the bank. Well, what does that mean? That means that you're not going to be able to spend all the cash flow on vacation or spend all the cash flow on uh, just going to the casino or spend all the cash flow on fancy Lamborghinis that I'm seeing all around in this space right now. You're going to have to save some of the cash flow and put it into capital reserves and maintenance reserves. So when your tenant calls you and says there's a leak, you're going to have to fix it so that the property remains attractive. That was number two making sure that the bank doesn't say no by bringing them a quality property. And number three, you've actually got to be a good borrower yourself. A lot of the banks now are going to look at your own assets and they're going to look at what you have and they're going to look at what you actually bring to the table as a borrower. What does that mean? They're going to try to check and see if you pay your bills on time. They're going to see if you have good credit. Um, And again, the better the other two are, the less likely this is an issue, right? But the closer you are to having a cash flowing asset that barely cash flows or a property that's kind of on the edge, the more they're going to look at your credibility as a borrower. What does that mean? Well, does he pay his bills on time on his credit report? Does he pay late? Does he have high limits on his credit cards that he's maxed out? You know, I can't tell you the last time a bank's actually run my credit report, but you know what? When I first got started, they ran it every couple of months. And that is because I didn't understand all three of these components and how they fit together. Now, these days, I believe my credit's pretty good, but you know, you've got to bring a property that cash flows, you've got to bring a great asset. And you've got to have um, a background or, or history as the borrower. So what if you, you don't have a good credit? You know, what if you don't have a, a, a great solid history on your credit report? Well, you got to start paying your bills on time, number one. That's the first thing, right? And you may have to go talk to some of the uh, smaller banks and you may have to Get, let them get to know you as a person first. I mean, you've, we've all got local small community banks that if you're just trying to get started, will give you an opportunity, especially if you bring them a great property with great cash flow. Um, another thing you should think about doing is getting your credit report updated. Make sure that there's nothing on there that shouldn't be on there that's a negative item. Uh, pay down your credit cards. If you've got credit cards with balances that are close to the limits, pay them down because that lowers your score. 
And you want to make sure that when the bank runs your information, they, they just can't say no to the deal. Well, what if you're making this all seem so easy? I mean, just pay down my balances. Well, there's a lot of ways you can pay down your balances. Believe me, before I became a real, in, real estate investor, I thought every other Friday was the only way I could pay down my credit card balances. But the more relationships you create in this business, the more you'll be able to reach over to another investor and say, hey, look, I need a $100,000 loan to pay down my balances. Or I need a, you know, I need a $5,000 loan to pay off this, this credit card. Wherever you are in this business, there are strategies that are creative that are outside of the box that could help you get your credit score back where you need it to be. But here's the key. If you bring the bank great property that cash flows and you show credibility as a borrower, it's hard for them to say no to the deal. Why? Because they need to lend money to stay in business and they need to make interest. Now, another thing I meant to talk to you about with the borrower situation. As a borrower, one thing that you can also do is make friends with other borrowers. I remember that my first loan I ever got, I went in totally frantically scared. I had a property that cash flowed. I had a property that was pretty attractive, but I was still scared. And my credit was just normal. You know, it wasn't great. It wasn't, wasn't bad, but it was just, you know, I guess normal. Somebody who didn't really care about credit. But you know what I could say? Is that I'm friends with Rod over here. And Rod, he does lots of business with you. And he told me you're a great banker to go through for my first property. And you know what that banker did right after I introduced him to me the first time? Is he got on the phone and said, hey, Rod, uh, this man just came in here. He wants to borrow $50,000. Do you think this is a good idea? And just the recommendation from another borrower with a solid history at a small community bank made the difference for me getting that first loan. So how do you make the bank not say no? Stop going out here chasing these deals that wholesalers tell you are deals. Look at the numbers. Find a property that you can repair, fix up, and get to a state where that property is worth about 25% more then you've got into it and then take that property to the bank after it's all fixed up, okay? And be a decent borrower, right? Have a property that cash flows, have a property that's attractive and be a decent borrower. I'd love to help you get done, get more done in your real estate business, whether you're new or you have something ongoing. I'd love you to contact me at grabthemap at gmail.com. I love talking to other investors. I'm actively doing deals and would love to hear what you have to say about how I'm doing business. You can find me at grabthemap.net or by emailing me. I love emails at grabthemap at gmail.com. Thank you. And this is where we don't just look at it. We grab the map.